Hello, everyone. This is part two of Judaism versus Religion. Before we start, I just wanted to read a comment from Levy, who commented on episode two. He was saying how um, people are naturally selfish, he thinks, um, but he doesn't believe that it's, it's pure evil. But it's very important that every parent should teach their kids to grow up, to control his selfishness and control his meters. And that's how he thinks um, people can be good and not evil. Um, yeah, thank you for uh, commenting. Uh, let's continue that's to a very the... good point. Yeah, it's a very good point. Let's continue the episode, Moshe. Okay, so we came off of part one um, with the conclusion that we have the the basis of the mitzvah, right? Of that's the you know the basis of the whole Torah. Um, which is Anochi, right? Anochi Hashem Elokecha, which the Rambam says, sorry, Reb, Reb uh, Sadiagon says, is include the entire Torah within it. And we said that the Rambam says that Anochi means Yediyah, and we went on to define the reality of Yediyah as meaning knowledge in the manner of experiencing the reality of what it is that you know as opposed to a theoretical understanding, which essentially is useless because it almost never leads to any real change in behavior or improvement in a person's character. Okay. So I want to go, I want to continue, um, and I want to expound on this idea in terms of an implication that it has, which is brought out beautifully by a Gemara of Metzia. Now, I won't, I won't read the actual Gemara, but essentially the Gemara discusses a scenario of a argument between rabbis and the halacha, the rule is that you always go after the rabbin, right? After the, the majority of people. So the story in the Gemara goes that there is... Like the famous Avram Peep song, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Fine. So you always, you always go after the rabbit. So you should play the song. <laughs> <laughs> so the Gemara says that there was a machlokas between Rabbi Ezra and the Chacham, right? Whenever it says Chacham Mim in plural, that means many, more than one sage, right? So they were the rabbim, and Rabbi Ezra was the yachid. He was the single, the one individual guy. And there was an argument. And it ended up being, you say, you know, if I'm right, X should happen. If I'm right, Y should happen. And all these miracles keep on happening. And then he finally says... He says, you know, if I'm right, I want a voice to come down from Shemayim, from God himself, a boss call, and I wanted to tell you guys I'm right. Expectations. And the Gemara says, it happens. What? It happens. A boss call comes down. It says, Rabbi is correct. The next, it's literally amazing. It's such a Jewish, Jewish thing. They like, God, be quiet. Like, <laughs> so what do the Chachamim say? What do the Chachamim say? And this is the concept. Torah lo bashamayinhi. The Torah is not in Shemayim. Which means that they told God to go about his day and they didn't care what the Bosco had to say. Uh, you know what's actually interesting? Yeah, the, I, I was talking to someone about this and that they said in the end of the day, yeah, the Torah is there. We learn from the Torah. We understand the Torah. But the Hamim are the ones who decide and interpret the laws. 
Correct, right? So this is right. So this is the beginning of the implication of the concept that we spoke of, right? So we essentially set up until this point that the Torah was given in the context of yidia, of experiential knowledge of something, and not it's not in terms of a theoretical truth. Now this Gemara is the clear indicator of this implication of that concept, right? Because what are we essentially saying? A basmakenam shemayim. Objective reality, right? If you add up, right? If you do the math, you do the logic, you take the steps, who's right? Rabbi Ezra is right. He's correct, right? But, but the Chacham, who are the majority, disagree. And they say, Torah lo Which essentially means that if the majority of Jewish, of the Jewish sages at that time, paskin the halacha, right? To go a certain way, that is, that becomes the reality and the way that the Jewish people are going to behave and they're going to go. And it, it's not because it's objectively correct. Right, but, but why, why is that the case though? Why is it that we were given the Torah, we were led by God out of Egypt through, his, his, through, through Moshe, and we were led and we were taught all these things, and yet, in the end of the day, the, the Chachamim are the ones who decide what goes and what is law and what is just you know in the end of the day what is society i get you need leaders however if what you're saying is true that even if they're incorrect you still have to follow it mm -hmm. but why is that the case why is is that why do we follow why don't we just listen to the word of hashem directly or, or seek out Hashem directly I mean, as opposed to i may be wrong i'm saying i i, I would think if if you let's say let's do it in a more simpler way if like your father tells you if you have any issues, talk to your older brother. Right. And your older brother says something, and you're like, Tati wouldn't say that. Right. But he's like, but he told me to tell you that. Right. So, and, and now you have to do it. So, God gave us a Torah. God gave us a rabbin. God gave us a whole system. Even if one person's right, we have a system. Tough right. love. But naturally, are there times where no. an older brother will tell you something to do something because... He knows that he's in charge and he can use that ability to tell you to do something. And so in what case, then how do be, you know if, but you're not seen as the one who's authoritative enough to say anything? There won't be okay. a rabbi that, no. So here's a question. This, this scenario, this situation, discuss this situation. Did, did they say, did they say the is like Rabbi Ezra in that terms? They're saying the halacha is according to Rabbi Ezra, or is it say, or Rabbi Ezra is correct about this halacha? Because there's two different meanings there. There are hundred. There are hundred percent. There's hundred percent different meanings. Yeah. And what they said was that Rebliezer was objectively correct. He no, was no, no. right. The Basco. The Basco. That's what it says. Basco says, says Rebliezer is correct. Was it correct. Doesn't say the Allah is like Rebliezer. Exactly. It does. Which, which is they're giving the Chacham the ability to say, you may be correct, but that's not the Allah. No, but the point is that the well, they they were at they were arguing about what the Allah should be, and then whoever. Who's ever right is Koveya Allah like that. So you say you say it like that, and one can think, oh, they're arguing with a Basco, and like how who are they to be able to argue with the Basco? You say, Oh, the Torah is not a Shemite. Fine, it's a valid answer, but it's like, oh, you're arguing with the Basco? So no, the Basco says he's right. If the Basco said, Oh, the Allah was like him, the Khamun would not argue otherwise. Okay, and very good. But the, the so that bring that Hagufa, right? That point is what brings out the point that we're saying. That halacha it does not go like the person who's right, which brings out the point that we're saying up until now: that the system 
or the fashion of Jewish halacha, the way that we lead our lives, is not based off the objective, theoretical, added up, calculated truth of something, but rather the experiential one. Now, that, that has a lot of different meanings and layers, right? And we'll, I'll get into a little bit of what that means, which is another fascinating Gemara, and this Gemara is an Erevin. The Gemara says that there are two reasons why, as we all know, I think we all know that whenever there's a machlokas between Beis Hill and Beis Shammai, it's always, Allah is always like Beis Hill, in, in, in an exception of three places in the entirety of Shas, right? And the Gemara says there are two reasons for that. Number one is because they were the Rabbim, they were the majority of the people. And number two was because they were humble. They were anavim. What does that have to do with halacha? There you go. Right? Isn't that an unbelievable kasha? It, it shows character. It shows if you're one to say something and if you believe what you're saying and you're not boastful about it, it shows that in some regards, can one trust you in something? It has to do with character. I heard, I heard a very different explanation. There are very different reasons for this. That, what I'm telling you is a gemara. I'm saying the, the reason that I was taught, that I learned, was that base Hillel is correct in today's time, and Beishamai is correct in Mashiach's time. Okay. Because the halachas that Beishamais were saying, yes, you're correct, but they're not uh, appropriate or relevant to the time period that they were in at the time, and Beis Hillel is relevant to the time period now. But both of them are correct for the time period. Ah, oh my God, you're saying so good. You're saying so good, right? This is how I learned. So this is what you learned. But what does that? But that that what does that mean? Uh, this time, this time, who's right? Whoever's right, right. But what do you mean they're both right? Who's ever right? This should be who we do the halacha like. No, there's a time and a place. What do you mean a time and a place? Something yes. if is it, if something is correct, then it's correct. If it's not correct, it's not correct. If we're two arguing, one of us is right, and one of us is wrong. So whoever's the person that's right, the halacha should be like him. We should follow the person who's right. So in, in a time of goals, they tell us right. Time of uh, Mishiach. Beis Hill is also right near to spell. What do you mean? He suddenly transforms to be correct? I don't understand. How does that? Well, how would yeah, that work? In a time suddenly of, he becomes right? In the time of Golis, he's correct. In the time of Mashiach, the Shammai would be correct. I'm saying there's no reason. Yeah. Shammai was also the most more stricter opinion in almost every yeah, situation. But the strictness has nothing to do with that. What makes that yeah. he's that way? Why? What changes? You're a lot of cool things. Over and over again without any fair point. Fair yeah. point. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> right. What, so, what changes with Mashiach? Because obviously, because Mashiach is here, but, but what changes that shifts the opinion? Everything's more open. Godliness is more showing. Okay. Right. So, so then, if you were to say one it's a correct, shift in the entire world. It's true. This is all true. Right. Okay. So Gavaldik. Right. So what does this mean? So this is the beginning of this of this explanation of what this means of Yedia. Right. So. Basil is right because they're anavim, right? This means, what this means is unbelievable, is that an anav, humble person, is somebody who is experientially pleasant to be around and listen to at all times. Like Mendel, no? Exactly. <laughs> the definition, of definition of humble is someone who thinks himself as... He thinks of himself as opposed to him being in the center. He puts Hakadosh Baruch Hu or what he believes in as the center of reality, and he therefore does not view himself as oh. 
he the ego is not existent. So basically, if you remember, you you said, what if he, what if my brother does right, it on yeah. purpose? So there's your answer. Because they're not, because they're so humble, they couldn't have in a secret agenda, like uh, like you say, your brother would say. So they so the halacha is hundred percent like them because they have no secret agenda. The whole agenda is what's right for the Jewish people, what's right for, for worshiping God. That's right. it. No hidden agenda. Well, so there you go. By by that logic, that means that yeah, they may have say all oh, the halacha is like this, but they may have kept the beishamai. May have what? They may have kept towards the halacha like beishamai, who is the more stricter opinion. Right. But they say, oh, not everyone has to keep to this strict opinion. The halacha is like us, but we're still going to do Beishama in cases where they were more strict. Base Hilla personally didn't actually follow the halacha Beishama. That's in the Gemara. Like they, they kept all the halachas differently and then. He, he kept the halachas that he. That he came up with, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So the basic, so the basic idea of this, of this, um, fascinating, of this concept is the idea that we're talking about up in tone, right? That in when we're talking about deciding halacha, we're talking about the... Does anybody know, by the way, what the word halacha comes from, what the shorosh is? It's... Lech. Those, lech. Mm-hmm. Right, lech. Now, lech, the definition of halicha, according to Rashi and according to the Von Lagon, who says this very explicitly, is... The reality of development. It means you're you're going right. Someone who's yoshev means he's sitting. He's he's static. He's stagnant. He's not developing. Halicha means that you're developing. Right now, this is fascinating. If I'm going to be developing throughout history, and this is the one remarkable thing about Judaism, right? About how it lasts for infinite, the oldest what people call religion, right? Which is not, which is what we're discussing, but, right? The oldest lifestyle that there is in existence, that it lasts until today from when it started, right? Is because the reason why that can happen is because it's constantly evolving. It's not static. So when I say that the halacha is X, Y, and Z, it doesn't even mean that it's the objective reality. It means that for the generation that I'm in, for the people that I'm speaking to, this is the way, that, this is the best way that they will relate to objective reality and get to that point. I just want to say, like, you might not know this because it's more of a Chabad thing, but like uh, a lot of times, usually every new, every when the, when the Rebbe came, versus like the Tanakh, whatever, they would switch, like, not switch, but they would add anything Allah and sometimes they would like, the, the sitter will call sometimes against Shohanara, whatever, sometimes. Right. But it would always, Allah would be based on that generation that you went. Right. So whatever, it's another... Uh, that's beautiful, right? You know, it's a dual interpretation. Interpretation of the Torah. The Torah is timeless, in a sense. The Torah is timeless. Yeah, the Torah is designed to exist with every time. And, and it's philosophical for a reason. It's just to be interpreted by that time. That's correct. How it, so the Torah, that's, that's, the, that's where the Torah Shabbat Peh comes in, right? The Torah Shabbat is static. The Torah Shabbat is by heart, which means it's constantly moving. It's not written, right? The difference between something and writing, right? As we all well know, is that, uh, and something that's just being said is that when it's in writing, it's undeniable, right? You wrote it, it's it, you signed it. It's here, it's right here. That's why they use it for contracts or everything. Why can I say, why can't we agree? Because I can say, no, I didn't say that. 
but it's writing. So I made it into, I solidified it. Okay. It's like the concept of, of, of one says, uh, you know, because of something that they say, right? There's a reason they're saying that is not because, oh, it's going to magically make that disappear now. It's because they said something that they shouldn't have said they didn't want to say. Now that's no way to take it back because once you say something, it's now out there. It's now in the ether. That's true. It's existence. You can't that's, just take it away. You can't that's take true. back words. Dibor, that's true. Dibor has that power and Ksav writing is further, even more than that, right? Yeah. So, and by the way, I don't know if anybody knew this, but there was actually, it, it was actually Usr to write Tarsh Malpeh. Really? Yeah. Usr. Yeah. Totally Usr. The Gemara was never supposed to be written. Never supposed to be written. Never the mission, not the Gemara. Right? Oh, so, so that's so how is it That's it. Huh? Ah, so then someone broke some rules. So, so 100% they did. Yeah, no, no. It, it was Ace, Lasso, Lasso, exactly. Ah, that's what he wrote it, like, the first person wrote it down. He said, like, if I don't write it down, everything's going to disappear. Nobody Rebbe. Remember. Yeah, Rebbe. He, he, he bought him all. He, he, he wrote it together. Right. Everything together. Right. Nobody ever stops to think, why was it us, sir? Why, why can't I write down Tarsh Malpeh? It's a good question. Why? Why, why? why not? Like, what was wrong up until that point? Like, it had to take, ah, and we were in gullus, and we were we were forgetting. Why can't we just write it? My attention, because perhaps the very notion of that the Torah is timeless, the Torah is for each of its time. If you write something concrete, a, a notion of your time, it now is something that must be accepted by every time because it is there, it's out there, it's wow. existent. Beautiful, right? So, so the right, so the beginning of the concept is that. Oh, sorry, I'm a theologian here, <laughs> real philosopher. Right? The beginning of the concept is that when you write something, you solidify it, but the expense of solidifying something is also limiting it. Yeah, so you want to say you want to say Tarsh Balpe is written down now? What, what do you mean? I thought that that's supposed to be where every person come in, every generation has the power to redecide the halacha, redecide all the new shalas come up, electricity, this, that, the other, all the new things come up, and we have to adapt and and evolve. And when you write down the Tarsh Balpe, which is supposed to be by heart, you're essentially making the evolving part of Judaism static. You know, I was actually having a discussion with an older man, a uh, very slow-talking man. Um, you know, he was talking about this concept of how the the Gemara, he's saying that the Gemara should never have been written, right? This is the same person, you know. Um, and the reason he said that is because of exactly what we were saying, that he, that once it's there, it doesn't apply to this. Like, a, a wagon does not function the same way as a car because the wagon is, is tugged by an animal. Their rules are, are different, and now – it's a lot easier for someone to read the Gemara and say, oh, well, the wagon, I don't exactly understand the rules of the modern era. I have to go ask my rabbi when there are, there are Sfarim that talk about modern law. There are Sfarim that go into these. There are a lot of Chachamim that have spoken about such things. And because of that, now it is, it's the standard. It's like the gold standard that everything needs to reflect that or be close to it, even if it doesn't necessarily apply in this time. Correct. Right. So the way this relates to the – there's really – what this really expresses in the idea, right? The knowledge aspect is that the Torah Shabal Peh is that room for idea, right? For my knowledge that I should, I get to know something. How do I get to know the Torah? Is if I can define it. If I can contribute to its definition, then I know it. Why? Because I came up with it. So every great Gadol, every history, you have to always come up with your own chedushim, your mechash halachos, your right chuvos. The reason for that is because you can only know Torah if you created Torah. 
if you have your own chalak, your own portion in Torah. Now you now you don't you don't think the Torah is true. You know the Torah is true because you created within the context of it. Because how is one supposed to be able to do that, especially in today's day and age with the I came away with there's one son on Shiva that said I don't think it's that hard. <laughs> I, I was, it was actually a very good chiddush. It was about brachis, uh, and, and uh, we talked. Rabbi Akiva Eger said something, and I, I came all chiddush with Taisvis and connected them together. And my, my rabbi was all amazed, and like he brought me to Rosh Shiva, told me say it again, say it again, and I said it, and he was like, oh wow, like the pat on the back, you know. <laughs> chiddush is nice, but the chiddush is not creating halach. No, it, well, it depends on what context, but yeah. And, but Ashkafa as well. Ashkafa is applying as well. Okay, fair enough. Saying doing for one's personal self, involving for yourself. Oh yeah, a million is, percent. Is, is what we're talking about now. A million percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, my, personally, for my yeshiva, the mahalach was, my yeshiva has mahalach, even in Gemara. Even like Gemara's you would think were totally like, uh, that's the most theoretical thing. His, his mahalach was, I, he would never say a chiddish without also telling you how he believed it was meant to impact your existence or your behavior or your outlook on reality. Uh-huh. He believed every, and I'm also, I subscribe to this, every chiddish in the Torah is meant to add up to a whole perspective on reality that makes you who you are as a Jewish person. Okay. So you can't just, you don't just say things that are like, oh, this and that and this and that. The Torah is not in any way, shape or form information. It's not information. It's not information. It's a description of yeah. a human being. Look for the universe. A lot of time, people come over like I'm doing study, whatever. Like, oh, is 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 Torah a, a storybook, whatever? And you're like, you're so you're so off. Huh. It's interesting that Christians believe that, don't they? What they read the, the Bible like a <laughs> like a storybook. I don't know. I'm not. Depends on the church. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I don't know too much about it. You can only edit something if it's a story. You can't. Let's not delve too much into this topic right now. We should be a Christian, man. Yeah, no, I know. Have something to do with this. Let's move this on for another time. Yeah. Let's move this. Fine. Right here. Okay. So, the next. Actually, in the Pesach Haggadah. Now, I'm sure everyone's familiar with the Dainus. Dainu? Dainu. Yeah. Yeah, Dainus. Okay. So, the word Dainu means enough. It means enough. I've had enough. Right? It will be enough. So, there's a bunch of different Dainus, right? And there's the most interesting one that you'll see is this Dainu. It says... Very, very interesting. If God would bring us in front of Harsinai, but below, but he wouldn't give us the Torah, that would be enough. Well, so let me say, whoa, 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 step back. If God would bring us to Harsinai, but he what? wouldn't give us the Torah, what would we have got from the Harsinai? That would be enough. What, what? Why not? What, what do you mean, why not? We put our sin to give us the Torah. <laughs> yeah, but the Torah is only a guidebook. But what, what else would he have gotten from that? Like, 
Palestina was Matadara. Like, what do you mean? I mean, it bought me. It's like bringing you to a store and not buying you anything. Why did you bring you to the store to show you God's mightiness that you should believe in him? No, but Harsina was only a God in his thing because the Torah was there. It was God to get the Ten Commandments. Yeah. That's okay, Luchos. That's that was okay. I mean, okay. One can argue that that was the that Torah was. didn't come after that. The, the Harsina was the Ten Commandments. That's it. No, it says that uh, Moshe went upstairs and learned everything. He learned everything. He, he learned. brought it down. He brought it down. And that was after the Ten Commandments. Yeah, but I'm saying, but if, if let's say there was no Ten Commandments on that mountain, Moshe would have went, up, went upstairs. Look like, right? Yeah. So this is this is seemingly a a like a whoa type of statement. So either come up there and say, but no, thing. So what does that mean? What does that mean? So this is this is so interesting, right? The Gemara actually says that the the um when hashem presented the torah to the other nations he came to them and he asked do you want to do you want to keep the torah yes or no right and they said you know he said he went to ishmael and, and asaph ishmael uh sorry he went to moab and asaph so asaph said you know what's in the torah and they were like hashem was like oh you know it says you can't really kill you can't kill They're like oh sorry not for me like i'm not sure about that one right so he went to moab and like what is it in the torah He's like oh you know you can't really you can't have relations. You can't. So like, eh, not for me. Yishmael was like, oh, stealing, oh, not for me, right? So every person said, not for me, until the Jews came along, and they said, nasev benishma, right? And this is literally in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Mishpatim, yeah. right? So the way people understand nasev benishma, and this is what you were kind of saying before, which is what I'm going to come back around to, is I don't have to have any understanding or self-expression in this thing, but I'm just going to do it because... Right? And what you were saying, what hope was, right? And the truth is, the truth is that that is not the case at all. At all the case, right? And not the case in hope either. What does it actually mean? And this is something so fascinating, right? What does it actually mean? It means that the, the reason why you do the Torah and mitzvot is because you want to be in a relationship with Hashem and you trust Him and therefore after that, you're going to do the mitzvahs. So there are two levels in which you can experience self in something. You can say, well, this makes sense to me and therefore I'm going to do it, right? So because it makes sense to me, I'm going to do it, obviously, right? You know, I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to, I'm going to do all these things. They make sense, right? So I'm going to do them. But when that happens, you're essentially, that's, that's self-serve. Because if it makes sense, you'll do it. If not, not, right? The true definition of what it means to know somebody, like we saw in the first time it says in the Torah, by Adam and Chava, is to be in the most intimate relationship with that person. So Nasev and Nishma doesn't mean that you don't experience any self in doing the Torah. It means that you are, your experience of it is the relationship with God, not the, the expression of yourself. That was, that, that's what happened in Harsinai. Regardless of the giving the Torah or not, what happened in Harsinai was that God revealed to the Jewish people that he was the only true God, right? That the Meredith says, the Meredith says, very, very unbelievable. The Meredith says, God actually opened up all seven levels of heaven of the rakia and all of this all of the earth 
and he essentially showed the contrast between himself and them. So that the Jews didn't, they didn't understand, they experienced the reality of the truth of God. I might I might jump the gun a little bit by this. Uh, I just idea. But so the, I don't I don't I think it's a medrash, but I'm, I'm not positive. But it says like how like over the Shamrish was in Har Sinai. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if technically speaking, if they experience everything, technically speaking, our Nashama, when we were in, we're brought down into the world, our Nashama has the idea, the knowledge of knowing God because we experienced it in there. Okay. Yeah. So technically speaking. That's that's what like you're trying to say, kind of. But we all have that inside of us already. That idea, not like that's how we stay religious, or that's how our nation keeps on going. That and so one can always stay Jewish. That too, but I'm saying is, he was trying to say that like, where religions don't last, but we do for some reason because we're not a religion. Because religions, because 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 it's, he's trying to say that we experience everything there. We experienced the. Okay, more on this. Yeah, uh, we need to stop this for a second. Um, we'll continue.